of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Skywatchers listening all over the world in every single hood block radius. Doesn't matter if you're over west side of the Rockies or if you're on the east side of the Rockies, if you're north of the equator, if you're somewhere on Pluto. As long as you're listening to the Dark Matter Digital Network or PSN Radio, you're listening to Skywatchers Radio, and I want to welcome you all to another exciting episode. Tonight, we're going to have an excellent excellent guest but before we name our guest and what he is going to be talking about i want to say hello to my uh my heterosexual radio life mate the other guy alan weiler how are you doing my friend i am doing excellent but in the hood if you're listening in the hood you really had to throw that out there why not we got people listening from the hood okay okay all right not a problem not a problem now, I, i've you know Hey, look, okay. I've I've been told by some of my friends from the hood that, you know, we are kind of like, we're like the urban version of Art Bell's type of show. You know, like we're like that kind of group. Really? You and I. Okay. Yeah, I've been told that. I'm not kidding. Uh, okay. Uh, in that case, tonight I'll throw in a couple of yo-yos and a couple of uh, what-ups. See, no, and... you, you really shouldn't be doing that because people are going to think you're talking about us. A couple of yo-yos, these two. Yeah, don't do that. That's right. We are a bunch of yo-yos. Yes, but indeed, we're folks. yo-yos for our or ufology genre. And tonight's guest is going to talk all about something that is really deep in mythology and ufology. Mythology, ufology? Well, I don't know if it's mythology yeah. and ufology because it really, really had to do with actual, you know, it really was more governmental conspiracy than ufology, Cons- I think. Right. Yeah, 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 but it did involve the greys and the little aliens. We're going to talk to well, filmmaker Christopher. You show me film, you show me facts. We'll say it was the greats. Otherwise, you know, I call it Bat Squatch. Well, for now, we're going to go with the greats. But anyway, we're going to have Christopher P. Gertano on the show. And uh, he's the filmmaker of the movie The Montauk Chronicles. And uh, I saw parts of this film, dude, and it's awesome. I mean, you really, I know you haven't seen uh, the film yet because it just got released on Blu-ray and stuff. And it's out there if you guys want to order a copy. Uh, go to Amazon and look it up, The, the Montauk Chronicles. Uh, it was really good. I saw like the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of it, and it was excellent. I cannot wait to see the whole thing. It's really good. Yeah, it's really well put together. I mean, the, the you know, as a filmmaker, you have to look at it, you know, you look at it two ways. One is a filmmaker and one, of course, uh, the subject they're covering and how real it is or whatever. Uh, but as a filmmaker, you know, it is a very compellingly driven, it's a very compellingly made movie. It's well made, uh, paces really well, the story is well put together. Uh, and of course, these are all real people talking about stuff that happened to them. So it's like the allegedly JFK with Kevin Costner 
type of movie, but for the Montauk experiments. But it's a documentary. Well, is it a documentary? So not exactly. Or it's not a mockumentary, but is it a fictionalized documentary? No, 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 no. It's a documentary with the real folks that went through this experiment. Hmm. Okay, you've got my attention. Now, Christopher's not just a, a yo-yo from YouTube who made a movie here. This, uh, this gentleman is a filmmaker who graduated from the prestigious School of the Visual Arts in New York City. So, right. I mean, he, he he's a, a film student graduate. You know, he's done horror movies in the past, uh, independent movies. And uh, this is a big documentary, and it's big in ufology because this is a big story. The Montauk Chronicles is a story that has, you know, been talked about for a long time. It's, you know, the story okay. of three men. Uh, Alfred uh, Bielek, Preston Nichols, and Stuart Sw- uh, Swerdlow. Swerdlow, Swerdlow. Uh, yeah. Who all claim uh, that between 1971 and 1983, there were uh, secret experiments that were being conducted deep beneath the Camp Hero Air Force Base in Montauk, New York. Hence the name, the Montauk Chronicles. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, he's a, he seems just uh, just like a very uh, fascinating uh, person to talk to, the, the filmmaker. Sounds legit. Yeah, I mean, you talked to him briefly for like a minute before the show, and yeah. uh, I talked to him a little bit longer than you did. Uh, you know, this uh, this is a very interesting story. So I want to actually, you know, one of the things I want to know is, as a filmmaker who's done other kind of stuff, what made him get into doing this particular project? Well, obviously, something compelled him. The question is, is has he what? been in our circles before getting into this film, or did something just compelling about this film make him do it? Perhaps, uh, maybe he had a sight. Obviously, we're going to ask this question at the top of the second hour. Indeed. Guys, if you want to call in, please do so. Uh, 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. As always, you can find us on Skype by looking up PSN Radio, or just uh, call in. It's very easy. Ways. Absolutely, Colin. It's not a big deal. We'd we'll love know. to have you. Open lines, by the way. Till you know, the first hour is open lines. We do a little news, do a little uh, this and that. We uh, do sometimes the uh, messages through the a hole, which I know it's my yeah. We we sk- we skipped it last week. We 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 skipped it last week. I would love to do blasts through the a hole uh, tonight. Well, we might get to that. We might have a surprising uh, surprise guest also join us in a little bit. Uh, Nancy Burns, maybe. Okay, speaking of, no. oh, maybe. Speaking of maybe. surprise guests, don't forget last night, uh, not last night, but last week was also the first time we said those magic words that oh, made us all indeed. so happy. The magic words we've been waiting for for what two years mm. now? Yeah, basically, mm. yeah. So great. We get to say it again tonight. And, uh, you know, I heard Bill say it on Monday, and you guys know what I'm talking about. It has to do with the guy following this show, the main event on the network, Art Bell. That guy. Shh, shh. Those are the magic words. By the way, uh, I love my Art Bell time traveler pass. Uh, I know that my other my other guy friend here, my friend, the other guy, you know, this guy here that's with me on air every week, is still too right. cheap to pay for it. Right? Yeah, exactly. But what, what, I have... What are you talking about? I paid for it the other day. What are you talking about? I bought mine. No way. I got mine the other I don't, day. I, don't, I do uh, not uh, believe you. Are you serious? You actually paid for well, it? That, that, that's that's your choice, man. That's your choice. Well, but I'm very proud it. of you. If you actually did, I'm, I'm super proud of you. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. That's awesome. I did it on well, my it... non-stage name, but yeah, I did it. Oh, nice. So they, well, my non-radio for... name. If they're looking for Alan Wilder and they don't find you, then they'll be like, he's a liar. But, yeah, if they know your real name, they'll find you. Uh-huh. Well, if you guys don't have it yet, go to artbell.com right now. Go to the Time Traveler badge in there and sign up. It's only 5 bucks. It's awesome. You know, I get to download it. I can't stay up all the time. Every penny. 
worth every penny. You get to download all the uh, the archives of all the past episodes. Uh, it's great to write to uh, to work in the morning with, you know, Art Bell in the morning. You just put in the podcast from the night, from the night before if you missed anything. Uh, also, Richard Hoagland's podcast is up there. You know, join his podcast. Great podcast also for only a few bucks. Worth every penny, guys. So go to ArtBell.com right now and sign up. Be a part of the Time Traveler Project with Art Bell. And it's been great, too, having him back on the air. I know, I know. So, Actually, you know, I so saw a fun. really funny shirt the other day. It says, we want, you know, you know, the cheering. It's like, what do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? Irrelevant. <laughs> that is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> uh, that is pretty funny. You know what else is pretty funny? No, what? This notion uh, that alien life is going to be hostile. And... Now, didn't uh, Stephen Hawkins uh, a while back say that if aliens found us, they'd be very hostile towards us, right? It would be. I believe someone quoted that it would be like the the pilgrims landing on Plymouth Rock and giving um, the uh, infested, you know, infested uh, bed sheets um, to kill us off, like they well, did the Indians. You know, it's funny because I, you know, I think uh, Nancy might have brought it up last week. I don't really re- recall because this just got posted on Artball.com, and I was reading it, and it's a very interesting. Uh, he's now, of course, launching this biggest search for intelligence, uh, intelligent life, uh, in the last ten years, a hundred and thirty-five million dollar project to scan mm-hmm. the heavens. Uh, this from the guy who warned us that if we find intelligent life, we might want to leave it alone because it might be like what happened to the Indians and they might come down here and just eradicate us. So why is he That's so... That's exactly what I'm saying. But what we're doing is scanning the heavens, not sending signals out. There have been other projects that have sent signals out saying, hey, here we are, come see us, come visit us. I'd rather, I'd rather be the ones to find them than then find us. Now, I, I did find a, a very funny quote here, uh, which actually makes uh, a lot of sense uh, from Mr. Hawkins. He said, in an infinite universe, there must be other occurrences of life. Well, duh. It's infinite. Yeah. Um, I didn't need him to say it in his voice. I mean, well, fine voice for well, aliens. Yeah, that's, that's just that's messed up. Now you're making fun of the way the man talks because he's... No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I am not. Making You're making fun, fun of the machine. machine. That's what it is. You're making fun of the machine. I, I it. think it's time for him to upgrade from a speaking spell. Okay, plain and That's simple. Cold. I think That's it's time. No, it's not because there is enough technology that he, of all people, has access to to actually get an upgrade in the voice. I mean, hell, Tom Tom even sounds better than what he's currently using, and I. I'm sure there are enough people that work with him, that know him, that believe in him, that getting a little bit of an upgrade for his his voice system, voice actuation system, it could be done. Okay, we, I'm not, we not spent. I'm not. We, I'm not. We spent way too much time talking about the way the man speaks. That's just it's okay. cold blooded. Wait, this just Sorry. this is messed up. Now, so uh, if you want to call in and complain to me about that, please do feel so. Free yeah, to do please it. do. Seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Call in, complain. Alan loves it. By the way, we are going to be joined later on by Nancy Burns for the Nancy Burns Experience. That's right. Oh, yay. So Woo-hoo. be ready. That's yeah, be yeah, yeah. That's always a blast. A barrel of laughs, even. Uh, now, he did say that it's time to commit uh, to finding the answer to search for life beyond the Earth. Uh, we must know. Um, I th- haven't, we, haven't we been doing that for the last, the last 70 years? Like, Wasn't that like the whole point of NASA? NASA stands for never straight answer for a reason. Correct. Yeah, but I mean, what have we we been doing for the last 50, 60, 70 years? 
pushing papers. Is that all, really? Because did it take a scientist uh, of his caliber? We went to, to the moon how <laughs> many years ago and haven't been back since. Come no, on. but you know the thing is, this all sounds repetitive to me. It's like really, we're it's kind of like we're redoing the '60s and '70s all over again. Let's do the time warp again. You know, it, 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 next time they go back to the moon, they're gonna be like, "This is another big step for man. We're back on the moon, and this is another huge step for mankind." Really, we, didn't we do that already? Like quarter or half a decade you ago, know, or half a century? I honestly ago? Like, think the um, the Chandri Indian space program is gonna get to the moon with manned missions before we do again. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have any uh, manned missions for a long time from NASA, anyway. Not from the regular program that we all see. <laughs> Not the well, like, we have no idea what projects. we're talking about. About the, yeah, there's no such thing as a secret space program. No. Wink, wink. Knock, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Now, it is an interesting discussion, though. Uh, the discussion of if we do find life out there, if there mm-hmm. is alien life, uh, how hostile would it be, and what are the odds that what finds us here in, in our little corner of our galaxy is going to be hostile if they're traveling millions of light years? from wherever to get here i mean really you know and we had uh, i think a caller a couple weeks ago or a week ago uh who kind of asked uh you know what we thought about a lot of this stuff and my answer always is you know if they're coming here from millions of light years away chances are these guys are not that hostile they're probably scientists maybe well, they just if, are curious well you also got to think about it if they are if they have the same life form or the same Goldilocks zone that we do, they might come here to pillage. But if they don't have the same Goldilocks zone that they're searching for because they exhausted all their resources, I would think that they would be here as scientists, not as pillagers. Well, it makes sense, right? Folks, if you have a comment on that, please call in. That's why Angel's going to give that number again right now. 786-245-8127. Uh, anything we're talking about tonight? One of these tonight, days, again, I'll actually lines. learn the number, folks. Don't yeah, worry, two years later, don't feel bad, Nancy doesn't know either. It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm the only one that knows the number. It's all good. Uh, moving on to another store here on ArtBell.com. Guys, uh, go, go over to ArtBell.com if you want to read along. Skeletons or a skeleton with an alien skull discovered in Russia. Dun, Interesting. Dun, dun. Okay. I think that's the leftover skull from that Indiana Jones movie that finally made it back to Russia. That's the that's the first thing I said too when I saw this thing. <laughs> I was like, where's Indy? Get me Indy. Well, who, well look who, at who here. Is it's going to be the new Indy? Chris Pine? No, not Chris yeah, Pine. Yeah, no, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Pratt. Is the rumor. Okay, that's it. Okay. Don't he know how I feel about that yet. Uh, a reboot city. Reboot yeah, city. I don't know if Indy needs a reboot. I mean, really? Go back to the beginning. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to see him running from that big giant ball again. Like, I don't want to see that. No thanks. Seen it. Oh. Been there, done that. By the way, one of my one of my friends just tweeted that, or sent me a text saying that if the aliens do come here and they will pillage us like the pirates of the Caribbean. I'm just hoping that we got their version of Jack Sparrow on our side. Not to mention a really hot, sexy-looking alien, Kiara Knightley. What do you think? Yeah, you know, oh, man, that would be great. You know, it's funny. There's a comedian that made a joke. I I can't remember the dude's name. It's uh, from the mid-90s. No, it had to do about aliens. It was really funny. Um, I think he may, might have passed away already, by the way. And he said uh, about aliens, if they landed on the White House lawn, uh, you know, what are the odds that you know that they're going to be peaceful, and what are the odds that they don't look like Native Americans and they just come back to take their land back? 
Apollo 20. Remember that video? Huh. Uh, guys, we're joined yeah. on the air by our callers. Uh, 520, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ben from Tucson. What's up, Ben from Tucson? What you got to uh, drop in? Uh, Fun place. I've loved driving through that place. Yeah, Tucson's awesome, by the way. <laughs> Actually, Ben, yeah, ben it is. Is, it, is it around the right time for you to be able to walk outside and see the Perseid meteor shower out there soon? Yes, unfortunately the monsoons are here, so it's pretty cloudy. It's been raining all day, and um, oh. we've been actually had a very good monsoon season this year. So we've had quite a bit of rain. Monsoon in Tucson—that just sounds so odd. Most people can't yeah. visualize that. Yeah, and and it's the moisture that that comes from the Sea of Cortez. Oh, okay. Sea of Cortez, all the moisture, you know, evaporates. Sea of Cortez, you know, more, more pillaging, more pillaging, <laughs> Cortez pillaged sea. Yep, yep. So, yeah, what Ben, what, what do you got for us, Ben? Well, what I got for you is it's real simple. Um, there's quite a few uh, scientists, astrophysicists, uh, just speculating. Um, if aliens were here and they wanted the planet, all they would do is just divert an asteroid to destroy it, wait a couple and of years done. for dust to settle, and exactly. take Exactly. Yes. Well, that this is why. I'm, not just, no, no, know, no, no, no. It, it's years. that simple. It, it'd be instant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No radiation. You know, they just have to wait a couple of years, and that's then they exactly would, they what would I'm saying. Do whatever they want to do with it. See, Ben, that's exactly uh, so no my lasers, point. No lasers, no plasma yeah. weapons, like on Independence Day. Nothing like that. Like the fact that we're still here and we're breathing and we're having this discussion on air right now. This is proof that whatever's out there, it's not really that hostile to us. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Has anybody seen that nice uh, NASA uh, STS-128 uh, photo of something coming into a frame from outer from outer space, and there's a bright flash shot. something shooting? Yeah. yeah that's well, you know, so it's fun. funny. Richard, Richard Hoagland, our good buddy Richard Hoagland here from the that's network, right. um, a long time ago uh, discussed that video, and a lot of folks have talked about that video because it's yeah. been, it's been famous it's for a long ice time. Crystals. It's ice crystals. No. And the flash it, of the rocket. Yeah. Here, right. Here's, here's well, the I'm going to throw one out there. What if it's a maglev device? I 100% believe that. Maglev technology has – maglev weaponry has been available since the 70s. There were patents on it. Yeah, I well, mean, it, it may not have been a spacecraft. It may just have been a bundle of something, you know, basically right. like a, 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 you know, a, a cargo vessel type of a container that you just shoot up on out there. I don't know. No, but, no, no, uh, no, no, no. This was hmm. shooting at the incoming. No, this is shooting. But here's the thing: they made a ninety degree turn. Yeah, but here, here's oh, it, what was it the, made a yeah, turn. No, I didn't see that completely. in the video, but yeah, here, guys, yeah, Ben sure. here, check this out. This, this is what was determined by folks who reviewed the video years ago. That what okay. we were witnessing was an exercise of the space program known as the Star Wars program, and then what we actually saw in that video was us shooting at one of our own ships coming in from space to do that exercise to see if we can maneuver that quickly. And inadvertently, we just recorded it on the camera. Oh, I don't know. This is the no, old video. I, I know that. the one you're talking about now, not yep. the newest one from the International Space Station. No, no, no. We're talking about the old oh, black okay. and white one. Yes, I remember that video. Yeah, we're talking yeah, about the, and... shuttle, uh, the shuttle film. I, could, I believe that could be a, that could be an easy explanation for that. Okay, go ahead. Throw it out there. That's it. That's the, that's the explanation. You really buy that excuse? Really? Well, have Folks, we not said? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Alan, hold on. Have we not said? Have, hold on. Angel here. 
Hold on, have we not said a million times over that there is some kind of a black budget project, that there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about, a lot of different uh, crafts that's been created over the millennia, over the last hundred years, century, stuff that we don't know, Vimanas from the past, I mean, there's been a lot of aerial crafts over the centuries, man, and the government knows about a lot of this history, who knows what stuff they have in secret that they've been working on, and of course, once in a while, guess what, we might get a little glimpse of some of the stuff they're working on. I think that could very well explain that. Well, oh yeah, absolutely. When's the last time they actually rolled out something for us to look at? What was that? The early '90s with the B1, and then the uh, oh F1. yeah, yeah. Right. You know what they are now? No, 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 no. They just, you know, they've shown us the little. Did you see that video of the uh, flying drone with the gun? Oh, that was cool. Yeah, I like that. I yep, they're, that. they're coming for us. You know. Yeah, I would well, think see, the government when... would have had a drone with a, a pistol on it uh, 50 years ago, but I'm not for sure. So, here's, here's the thing, though. When the zombie apocalypse happens, those things are going to be really, really coming. They're going to come in handy. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be really, really popular. You're going to find it on People Bay instead of eBay. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I just want a rotating buoy knife on a drone. That's what I want. <laughs> Lobbing heads off. <laughs> I will sign up for that also. I want one of those. Thank you very much. Really, I, I would use. <laughs> I I like the idea of a magnetic railgun that all it does is shoot the uh, ten-inch saw blades. <laughs> that's like that's like that's like the the highest tech Chinese throwing star I've ever seen. <laughs> wow, you're an extremely violent person, aren't you? Know, I didn't know that about I, you. I just said I'd like it. Didn't say I was going to use it on you particularly. But you keep the way you keep up talking to wink, me. Wink, 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 wink. You know, wink, wink. Uh, it's giving the aliens excuses to use the asteroid. That's what it is. <laughs> that no, I am really scared about that. Um, actually, has anybody here seen that video that was done by uh, you know Charlie Sheen's father, Martin Sheen, about the end of the world and this is the last broadcast? They had it on uh, the news like a couple of months back. Mm, and it's I like, hi, no. hi, I'm and this is the last transmission that you'll be seeing because of this particular crisis. Mm, nope. I was just like, wow. Okay. No idea. By the no. way, Angel, by the way, uh, two other interesting topics just got thrown at me that I sent you a link to that you might want to talk about before we get to the Nancy Bart experience. Ah, let me see. Oh, from above top secret. Yeah, they're extremely legit. Yeah, sometimes they got some really good stuff. Sometimes. They're more legit than a lot. Yeah, yeah. But if there's something ah. wrong, someone calls it out. Hold on, this is called the Impossible Rocket? Or right. just the Impossible Rocket Drive? Well, two different topics. Could get to, right, right. Well, this one is the Impossible Rocket Drive that works and could get to the moon in four hours. Okay, right, that's interesting. Uh, this is why when people claim things are impossible today, it might not be impossible tomorrow. A British design EM drive actually works and would dramatically speed up space travel, scientists have confirmed. Interplanetary travel could be a step closer after scientists confirmed that an electromagnetic propulsion drive, uh, which is fast enough to get to the moon in four hours, actually works. Very nice. I know, no Very kidding. Very nice. Well, we are in the future. It is 2015, after all. Well, yeah, it's back to the future. Well, that date's coming around in October, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The official is. Marty McFly date is coming. See, but here's the thing. I think this is, you know, they're rolling this stuff out, but this is just, uh, you know, it's like a magic act. Yeah, we're showing you this, but in reality, they have, they've had this for maybe 50 years. Oh, we all know that answer, so, you know. You know, and they're so working you, on what, some... 
bigger technology now. Anyway, go ahead. Right. I was going to say, what do you think, caller? Well, yeah, definitely there there is a a, a warehouse you could say of, of virtual and maybe practical technology. I, I definitely believe that. Now, you know what <clears throat> what what is actually being used versus what they know they can do, depending upon the amount of research and investment they need to make to make it happen is is another story. I, I just I, I think it. It's getting to the point, and you know we hear this a lot, but where it's going to be more and more difficult to keep a lot of these technologies secret. And well, I don't know about that. I th I think there are enough minions out there uh, uh, in the government with twinkles in their eyes that want to keep things quiet. Oh yeah, no doubt. I yeah, I have I have no argument there. But you know, the government is. is not necessarily been the best at keeping secrets. I mean, the, <laughs> the biggest uh, example of that is the Manhattan Project. It was, yes. in terms of our gross national product, the largest investment we've ever made. It was even more expensive than going to the moon. And Correct, yeah. guess what? We couldn't keep it secret. The Russians got a hold of a lot of the secrets that sped up their program by five years. And um, so, yeah, the government doesn't have the best track record, but they probably learned from that, so that's one thing I'm going to say. They probably learned from that and then knew how to compartmentalize much, much better afterwards. But, I, you know, I, I just think You give that them I, enough vodka, I tell you, they tell you all these secrets, my friend. <laughs> well, just you know what, that, the vodka. That, that was what was actually, it's pretty accurate, because at the time, you know, the general consensus was, oh, the Russians are our allies, and, and you know, we, we have nothing to worry about. We're down here in the desert in uh, in New Mexico. You know, what do we have to, to, you know, why do we have to implement all these uh, security procedures? And then, of course, it, it all failed. So, um, yeah, I, I just hope that I just hope people are good. I, I mean, for me personally, I just hope people are good, whether they're in the government or not. And, so I want the people being good. I want the aliens to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we determined already that the aliens are not that bad. <laughs> Hopefully, like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, I, I don't think they are. If they could have shoved, you know, shoved an asteroid up her butt, they would have done it. They could so, have done that a yeah. long time ago, and they haven't. Yeah, so. Well, they did it. When, they did it when the dinosaurs got too uppity. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, well, that could be. That could be. You know, and it's funny though. Uh, you know, there's a an ongoing, uh, I guess, movement now with the with the Greys, where people are saying that they're robots, they're androids, they're not really a life form as uh, or a biological life form like we would recognize biology. Um, here's an odd uh, an odd thought. Uh, what if we created the Greys, humans? Oh, and in the future, uh, they travel past time back travelers. Back no, not even our own government. What if they created the Greys and they're using them to kind of fool the masses into believing this? Well, that was psychosis. on the X Files, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, yeah, exactly. it's Lord Kinboat. That episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you oh, watch that, the X Files. Yep. Yeah. But what if that's the case? I mean, that would make perfect sense to me when you're looking back at some of the hostility from the the Greys and how cold blooded they are towards people. What if they were just, you know, kind of there to fool the masses? Yeah, hmm. I, I I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I I remember um, I was oh, I was just starting. I was still in college at the time, and and I'd had a conversation with. It, <laughs> It, this is off topic, but it is related. He was a sales rep for Boone's Farm Wine. You know that stuff? 
Boone's Farm, Boone's County Farm wine. It's like a really cheap, nasty wine. Okay, so you're in Nobody Arizona and we're in other parts of the country. Probably not. No, yeah, but it this would have been in Missouri and Illinois. This would have been in the Midwest. Okay, no. Yeah, More definitely. And so, well, anyway, it's a cheap wine you, you buy at, at the convenience store of all places. Well, anyway, they, they specifically went to college campuses and told and started spreading rumors that if you drank their Boone's Farm County uh, apple, green apple wine and smoked a cigarette, it was the same as smoking marijuana. It would give you this type of high. I'm buying so they, a case they, of this thing tomorrow. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But, it, I mean, that, that just kind of well, says, well, if there's this... alcohol content was how you'd get a flamethrower <laughs> breath. There you go. <laughs> it almost is. But, and actually, I don't even know if it was wine. It, it, I don't think it was wine. It wasn't made from grapes. It was just ethyl alcohol mixed with grape juice. But It was the, a cider. Probably a cider or something, you know. Right. But the point was that why would this company go to these lengths to spread these inane, asinine rumors to try to boost their sales? What could a government do to, you know, give misinformation or, or try to mislead the masses the way they want to mislead them? You're right. Yeah, hundred percent right. That's uh, yeah. I believe that. Well, anyway, guys, I'm yeah. going to listen to your show. It's a great show. I enjoy hey, it. Thanks. And uh, thank you, Ben. And we'll we'll wait for Nancy to get on. Nancy will be on in a oh, minute here with us. She's and, right around the corner. Right. All right, guys. Corner. Have a good evening. Take care, Ben. Thanks for calling. Okay, in. bye. Uh, bye. Guys, again, uh, call in uh, if you like seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. I wanted to go back to this Art Bell story that we uh, were about to read here um the skeleton with an alien skull discovered in russia and uh, go to artbell.com check out the picture on this thing i sent you the link um you did Alan, i don't know you saw it yet it's on skype uh ufo watchers are Scroll in back. a tiz no, i don't see it you gotta send it to me again well i'll send it to you in a minute just go to artbell.com it's right there it's posted right on the website uh ufo watchers are in a tiz oh. over the discovery of an ancient ske- uh, skeleton with an, an elongated skull that resembles an alien the humanoid skeleton was unearthed from the site and uh, as site known as Russia's Stonehenge and is being uh, heralded as proof that aliens visit, visited the Earth maybe thousands of years ago. However, archaeologists uh, don't share the same view as some of the alien hunters, insisting that the skeleton belonged to a female from a tribe that used to bind the heads to make it grow out into that shape, which we have seen that as a practice in Africa and other places. Uh, I don't know, in Egypt, I don't know why people would do that to themselves, but this is customs uh, from hundreds of years ago, so who's to say? Uh, but it's a very, very um, intriguing photo of an elongated skull. And of course, you know, there is the, the whole mythology of, well, it was done to honor the gods with the long yeah, heads. Yeah, honor the gods. Oh, that reminds me, speaking of honoring the gods, and you said the word Stonehenge, have you heard about this undersea Stonehenge that they found uh, recently? No, no, I have not. Ooh, Google it. Google it. Okay, so you have nothing to tell me. You're just going to tell me to Google it. Google it. Underwater Stonehenge. Okay, but you're not going to tell us anything so the audience who's, you know, listening can know about this underwater Stonehenge. Like, do you have any information that you want to share? Or you're just uh, telling me to Google it? Well, there was no, they believe that they might have actually recently found an underwater Stonehenge. I figured thing. that part from the description of the question. Right. Yeah. The whole thing is it's very, very similar in uh, their positionings. And uh, they found this underwater Stonehenge. You ready for this? Okay. Lake Michigan. Makes sense. Lake Michigan makes sense. <laughs> Why not? What, what, 
Why not? Are you smoking? You know, if it was off the Bimini Coast, if it was in Bermuda, if it was in Lake Titicaca, where there's other symbology and other things around there, that would be, you know, more like... I so why that. can it not be in Lake Michigan? What's wrong with Lake Michigan? What, what do you have against Lake Michigan? Tell me. There's really been no other, you know, other, you know, real major things coming out of Lake Michigan. Except for okay. maybe a couple of USOs once in a while. Doesn't mean that it could not happen. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I'm saying uh, I thought maybe we'd have it in other places, not Michigan of all places, you know? Well, we, we never know. Maybe, uh, you know, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, Michigan was a hotbed for ufology, and there was a hotbed of activity. Uh, there was no okay. MUFON 200 years ago, so we really couldn't tell. By the no, way, guys, we're joined now by Danny from Nolens. What's up, Danny? Welcome to Scott. Nolens! Hey, Danny! Hey, guys. Like, what? What was that Exactly. Like? Yeah, somewhere like, in Michigan. Lake Titicaca or Lake Michigan? <laughs> oh, it's Lake Michigan. Oh, okay. I, you know, everybody here has heard of Lake Titicaca, right? It has a lovely name. It's, You're it's right. It does have a beautiful, beautiful lovely name, name and yeah. it gets funny. Yeah, it's a beautiful name. You know, that's it's near, you know, Machu Picchu. It's, it's in the Andes Mountains, and it's mm-hmm. in a very big hotspot, to say the least. Indubitably. So, Danny, uh, what do you have to uh, throw into the, uh, the to the Skywatchers table tonight? Uh, you want to talk about what we were talking about earlier? Anything uh, in particular uh, you want to chime in with? Sure. Well, last caller was hitting a couple of things. Um, yes, yes. Lord Kim, Lord Kim Boat. Um, was that... Uh, oh, man, I had it on the tip of my tongue, the name of the, the episode. You had uh, the head... Well, I'm not even going to ask. Oh, spe- speaking of X-Files, by the way, <laughs> word has come down, by the way, that the Lone Gunman will be in the new series. Yes, That's I heard, I heard. Didn't they die in the uh, last season, though? Like, how uh, no, they, no, no, no. Frohickey, I think, did. But um, I know uh, I know Dean Haglund, and um, actually, we should get him on here on the radio one of these days. <laughs> yeah, that'd be excellent. Yeah. All right, I'll call in the favor and say, you gotta, dude. You got to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially when January comes around and the X-Files is going to be on air, you know, that'd be oh, cool. yeah. Great time. He's gonna be he's gonna be our Christmas show special. We should do something for Christmas really cool. Like, you know, we'll actually have, you know, the magnetic railgun shooting down Santa Claus and we have it uh, you know, the UFOs actually caught him in a tractor beam and helped him get to wherever he needs to go. Hmm. And we should do That's a play by play on the radio on, on the show about it. Danny, how do you feel about that? I'm a little conflicted. Uh, conflicted. Dude, you're not constipated. Come on. Instead well, that was this of, morning, but that's nothing to do with this. <laughs> instead of the railgun, I, I saw the uh, clip of that uh, that drone with the shotgun on it too. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming that was CGI. I'm hoping it was CGI. But well, it, uh, it was like a kid that put it together. It didn't look like CGI, but you know they're so good with CGI. Who knows? Exactly. The CGI looks so good, it can make it look fake. Right. But you guys have never heard of Boone's Farm? Strawberry Hill? No, actually. No, no, no. Strawberry Strawberry Hill, I believe. I mean, I I remember Ripple. I remember Oldie. Um, Yeah, it would have been in the same... Cisco. It would have been in the same... Old English, yes. It had been right. It had been right on the side of Cisco, man. Oh, ten, ten years hangovers. Good lord. <laughs> I, I got me a bottle of oldie. I got a forty of oldie back in the day. 
But oh yeah, I, back in the was, back in the day, back in the hood, that's what everybody drinks. <laughs> but it gotta was, give me it, some old forty five along with that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. I, I'm not much. I'm not a much of a drinker these days. But when I was, uh, you know, a teen, uh, entering my early twenties, yes, old English, uh, oldie, Cisco. Those were the uh, those were the drinks of uh, of choice, my friend, and they were good to me. They were good to you. You have such brought... fond memories. Oh. Well, I have very little memories because it's all foggy. <laughs> well, but it was fun. Sick. I can tell you that much. It was fun. Cisco made the girls cry. So, uh, like, Dude, I, I don't know sure. what you were doing to them during them drinking. Cisco. Yeah, Bill yeah, Cosby. What was going on Dude, with that? I did not need you to share that with everybody on the radio because all we know <laughs> is, is whoever's listening out there, because we do have shadow government uh, listening to us and law enforcement officers, if they come knocking on your door, it ain't my fault. Okay. He's they a knowledge. To this day. If, 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 if a girl drinks, I've seen so many women drinking Cisco and just, I've seen them sitting on the sidewalk crying. I don't Anyway, that's that gone way well, off well, topic. God, don't, rem- don't forget. Wow. What does any of this have to do with ufology? Is what I want to know. Absolutely Jesus. nothing. I wanted to congratulate you on um, landing this huge guest tonight, Christopher Gartano. Cartano, um, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have uh, Montauk Chronicles in my hand. It's yes, yes. Blu-ray version. And awesome. it, it is a Compelling. awesome movie. Compelling. That me, have, have we put the trailer up on our Facebook and our website for the moment? Oh, I got, I got a banner for the Blu-ray on skywatchersradio.com. If you guys That's go there that, right now. Do you have a trailer link? Oh, hold on, hold on. Relax, relax. If you go there right now, you can scroll down on the page, and you'll see the little banner right on the right-hand side on top of all the other banners. Click on there. It's going to take you right to Amazon. Order the Blu-ray. You know, Danny, you've seen the whole thing. I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the entire thing yet. I'm getting a copy uh, sent to me, so I'm going to have my own copy in the next few days to see the entire movie. So by the next show, next week, I'll be able to give you a proper... Uh, review or my, you know, my complete thought on the mo- on the movie. But the first twenty uh, twenty five minutes that I saw Danny were excellent. I mean, look, it's a documentary. It's documentary style filmmaking. I love that- documentaries. I love the way uh, this was shot. It's very mysterious. You know, it really builds up tension uh, between the stories. And you know, when you're looking at these folks telling the story of what happened to them. It's very compelling because, yeah, we're going only on stories. There's no images. There's no uh, artifacts proving that this is real, that this happened. There's no smoking gun ev- evidence. You're, ta- you're going on people's stories. But there's, you know, I have a good BS, uh, you know, radar on me. It's just that I was, the nat- I was born with a natural BS radar. And I can right. tell BS from a, from a mile away. And a lot of this stuff really feels legit. Why do I say that? Because I do not put it past our government to do these kind of experiments on our civilians. I do not put it past them to do this kind of stuff to people. And I, like I said earlier, what if the greys are made by us? And they're used in certain ways like what would happen here in the Montauk Chronicles. Uh, it's, a, it's a great documentary from what I've seen. I can't wait to see the whole thing. Uh, Danny's seen the whole thing, and uh, Danny was uh, telling me, uh, before we even booked Christopher on the show, he was telling me almost on a daily basis, man, you got to see this movie. It's so good. you got to see this movie. It's amazing. Really? you got to see it. Yeah, he, he was like completely uh, you know, selling it to me, and then I saw part of it, and I loved what I saw. So Alan has to get a copy. Definitely have to see a copy of this thing. All right. You know, uh, hook me up with it pretty please. Uh you know, I you know I'm sitting in a hotel in the middle of nowhere, and you know I've got the neighbors. God only God only knows what they're watching, which is why I have bad bandwidth. I need a DVD <laughs> Blu-ray to watch here. 
I'm not trying to single out what you, my hotel neighbors are watching. So you want us to hold on. So you want us to hook you up with free internet and that's, Blu-rays. That's, that's and, what you're looking for. And that's and right. A, I'm a cheap and bastard. And a free Blu-ray. <laughs> and a free what? And, 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 a, free and a free Blu-ray Blu-ray. of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. When we come back, when we return, we have the Nancy Burns experience. Danny, thanks for calling in, my friend. You're always awesome. Oh, thanks, guys. I love you. Love the show. Have a great show tonight. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back with Nancy. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, live at 8pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. Hi, this is Solaris Blue Raven with Hyperspace on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Please tune in on Tuesdays for an intriguing show pertaining to covert technology, UFOs, paranormal, mysticism, and spirituality. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio. And right now, we are, of course, joined by the one, the only, Miss Nancy Burns. And this is the Nancy Burns Experience on Skywatchers Radio. Nancy, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And that's a lot of pressure that you're putting on a human to make an experience, but I can do it tonight. But I've got. But it. you're not. You're not any normal human. You're Nancy Burns. Uh-huh. Yeah, Each and you and you guys doubted you. me. You guys doubted me. You doubted me all through the last three months. What are you talking I, about? I still. I, I never did. Alan did. For I sure. believe. When did? When did I say I did? <laughs> you did can't I... stay up from three to five o'clock. What are you insane? So forth. But listen, I yes. brought a story tonight that will make a nice experience for all of us. Okay. 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 Ooh, and you're, like you guys that. are going to love this story. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Tell us. Uh, it's about Cecil, the dentist's lion. Okay. Okay. Did you guys don't know about this yet? Oh, I do. Uh, you know, like the dentist. I heard he got his uh, dentistry shut down. Well, it's become a, quite a thing because you know he went out there and paid to shoot this poor defenseless lion who oh lions are totally defenseless a hundred percent they're totally defenseless especially when they've been taught to roam free absolutely caged lion in a reserve that's a whole nother story that's why lions are totally defenseless no 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 but here's the thing alan uh may i call you alan of course i am yes here's the thing these are there's only (laughs) okay but you guys like statistics and data there's only 30,000 of them left in the whole entire continent and these guys like the dentist are paying really top dollar to take a, a, a large percentage of that lion population out each year as you know specimens for their walls but anyway the no, reason I, I bring this up, it's a terrible thing, and, and you know the world, it's a terrible thing, and you should be ashamed, Mr. Dentist. But I bring it up for a more important reason. They were abducted by aliens. No. This oh. involves your friend, your brand okay. new friend, Richard C. Hoagland, okay? Our buddy, yes, Richard. Yes, he is our co- um, he's our co- Co-worker? Co-worker? Co-worker in ufology. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, you can could, you could say that also, yes. He's a part I'm sorry, of- am I using big words for you, Angel? Mm. Sorry, I, uh, sorry. No. Okay, okay fine. Let's check. And he's our, uh, you know, he's, he's in the enviable spot directly following Art Bell. Okay? Yes. So we all wish him all the success in the world and all the $5 a month that we could throw at him. However, a bad thing's happening right now. And I wanted to oh boy. alert you guys to it because I think it's shameful and I think we can do better. And I'm here, I'm speaking here as a representative of Dark Matter Digital Network because, you know, our fortunes might rise if the two guys at the top rise. And I'm talking about Art and Richard C. Hoagland. If they rise, you know, it might rise everybody, all ships. I come along for the ride, hopefully, maybe. Exactly. Right. So here's what's going on. He's been having some technical problems. That's no biggie. But happens to the best of us. It, and it happened to me last week. It yes. do. It do. It do. It do. And that's that could be a lot of fun. But in any event, he's right. Right. He's. Let's just say, I remember when I first started. Of course, this is not his first time on radio. But when I first started, and technical problems, they were just. Whoa, you just become a different person. You become a frantic, crazy person. And so there's a little bit of that going on, and people are joining and laughing about it and just having a good time. But eventually, after I think an hour or so, they got the lines open. Okay. Right, right. He's now getting crank calls. Okay. Oh, that's not good. No. That's number one. Number two, 
a guy who's been, I guess, after him ever since they had a falling out. Um, and this guy is supported by a faction in ufology, and they have their little dispute. Well, he called in, and there was a, it was a lengthy call. And then more crank calls, uh, this and that. In the morning when the show was uh, posted, oh, then the guy called back. This is part of the story. Then the guy called back. He calls himself the Mad Martian, I think. His name is in the Belgab forums and stuff. So he called back and was kind of threatening, saying, you know, I'm going to haunt you after you're dead, and I'm going to keep on haunting you, something like that. So that happened. But when the archives came out, the very first phone call was snipped out, and the second phone call was left in. And okay. so there has become this feeding frenzy, an absolute feeding frenzy, where it's like Richard is stumbling around and people are making fun of him. I just feel as sorry for him right now as I do. I mean, I want to I want to beat him fair and square on his own two legs. I don't want people chewing at him f- for the telephone calls and, the, and, and, and suddenly being inundated with the crank calls. That just seems really mean-spirited. So I thought if I brought it to your attention, you might get in there and fight the good fight. Well, well, I don't know what I could do besides, put, yeah, I don't know what I could do besides putting some boxing gloves on and going to beat up some nerds who are calling them. Uh, you know, look, this is uh, the the thing you get when you do radio like we do uh, with unscreened phone calls. You're gonna have to, you know, deal with it. Uh, this is why it's not easy to do online radio unscreened. Uh, but Richard is a professional. I'm pretty sure he'll get the hang of it. For those people that are crank calling him, though, I mean. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, really, well, wait, 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 hang, hang on, Angel. With with your skill set, you know, if you could actually stay up for it, you know, you might be good engineering and you know, running the backside of his show. I sure, will, I don't like. I, I don't, sure, I don't like sleeping forever. I will hate sure, you forever. I, I, I could do that. It's Richard. I will, I'll do that. Of course, hate you forever. Sure, <laughs> let's just add more onto his list of things to do. No, yeah. where no. He who needs sleep? Sleep really. In fact, from now on, Alan, I'm staying up. All night. I'm going to listen to Richard tonight. And if anybody crank calls, they're going well, to get so you're a word from me. Back. Here's what alerted yes. me that I should bring this up to you guys. Because <laughs> one of the things they're talking about doing is making crank calls with a thing they call boards. They have different boards. Soundboard. Different... Soundboards. Yeah, yeah. Voices. Yeah, with different sound clips of actors. Like, they have the Arnold Schwarzenegger board. Get yeah. down. What are you doing to me? It's yeah. not a tumor. Aliens don't, don't, didn't do don't, it. Don't. <laughs> Don't keep going because you're going to start cursing because he curses. So just uh, relax. No, I'm yeah. Relax, Alan. No, relax, no, Alan. <laughs> well, anyway, so I also we're running, we're running uh, short on time, by the way, because we got our guest waiting in the okay, wings. Okay, so, so before I before I go, I want to give a, a shout out to Boone's Farm, of course, Boone's Farm, but also to Two Buck Chuck. Do you ever hear of? Oh him? my God, Two Buck Chuck! <laughs> Praise the Lord, Two Buck Chuck! Oh, okay, what, yes. what's uh, what's Two Buck? What's Two Buck Chuck? I've never heard of Two Buck. Chuck. Oh my what goodness, Two Buck Chuck! Oh, it's a kind of a, a a low. It's a low class, high class thing. If you it, get my it was, it was, it's <laughs> Not it's boxed wine, not in a box. Well, no, it's but it's in, in a bottle. Right. It's in a bottle with a with a kind of a yeah. corkscrew. So you think you're getting it. It might be a plastic corkscrew, but it's still there. And and it only costs a dollar ninety nine at Trader Joe's. So right. people feel like it's decent. Well, it, yes, but uh, you know now it's like three buck chuck. No, it doesn't even rhyme. I know. Oh, what are they stupid? It's becoming no, inflation. Like a- it's idiocracy, it's like, you know. Three buck chuck. It doesn't sound the same. Two uh, buck chuck. Yeah, as long as you use it, the numbers are relevant. I guess three buck chuck. And by the way, the chuck. call in for folks is seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. 
Ta-da! And you're and you're reading uh-huh. that off where? Uh, my notes, and also the uh, <laughs> episode was Ho- uh, Jose Chung, Jose Chung, Josie Chung. Who? The episode with Lord K- Lord Kinbot. Um, oh, in uh, X Files. It was jo- uh, uh, the Josie Chung episode. Uh, yeah, Jose Chung. Jose. Uh, Jose Chung. On uh, there was a little more to it, but you yeah. nailed it, Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. And what? And, but uh, one last thing. What is the Marnie McFly date in October? Uh, I think it's October fifteenth. Which reminds 15th. me, by the yeah. way, before anything else, I do have to say goodnight to three people, which are Ashley, Brittany, and Mackenzie. In that order, uh, someone just texted me. I was obligated to do that. There's only two. Just... Yeah, that's two. Where's the third? Ashley, Brittany, and Mackenzie. Oh, that's okay. Not... Yeah. But you said actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> No, no, good night, good night to them. Oh, listen, wait, wait, wait. Listen to Bella Haven. Save Hoagie. Don't let there the animals rip him apart. Listen to Bella Haven tonight instead of Hoagie. Ah, uh, here's why. Because you no. could go to SoundCloud under PSN. Go to PSN Radio oh SoundCloud. And uh-huh. there under the playlist, you'll see Bella Haven. And there we are, tucked into this under SoundCloud, under PSN Radio's wing. And once we can, we'll be broadcasting on PSN. We just don't know how yet. We're doing it. We're we're moving toward it. It's never uh, at this rate. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Only if I turn the switch somehow. Okay. So, I... That's exactly. It. She doesn't get her switches turned yes, right. Yes, haven't done it yet. But we're working toward it. So anyway, why well, listen to Bellhaven? We're on directly after Art, but you have to find us on the internets. Yeah, you gotta go digging like a needle in a haystack. Nancy, thank you. Thank you so much for being on here again. Okay, move talk on to you later. Bye bye. I guess in a little bit. And that's the Nancy Burns experience, everybody. And one day she's actually going to talk about something relevant in ufology. One day. It will be a nice thing, yeah, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere yeah. over the horizon, you know. But she got to plug her show as usual. So oh my goodness. That yeah. Thing, yeah. That the, the Nancy Burns experience is becoming the Bella Haven plug experience. <laughs> but that's okay. We like Nancy. She's a great gal. I got no I, I love Nancy, but but Jesus, man, you know, Richard is on, you know, she should just kinda have that respect and that plug, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Richard T. Hoagland, man. And again, look for anybody crank calling Richard. How immature is that, really? I mean, especially I mean, if we're talking about adults, we're talking about some 40, 50-year-old, 60-year-old. Uh, uh, guys, grow up. Yeah, but R- Richard's a fixture R- in the UFO, UFO community. I understand. You know, how, how about calling in? Yeah, I know. How about calling in and actually having a conversation with the man? How about calling right. in and starting with us and see what happens to you? Oh, well, R- Richard <laughs> Richard needs to be on a delay just like Art is, you know. Well, He's we not got familiar with the tech here. I think he's not. He, he's not from. No, we don't. He's not familiar with the technology. You know. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Well, there though, is I'm a learning from, curve from, for him, yeah. from what I've heard, though, when I've you know I've heard a, a couple of the shows now, and he sounds great. I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna do a really good job on the show. I think it's gonna be a Absolutely. really good show. So, uh, guys, keep listening after art. You know, after midnight, uh, Richard C. Hoagland, get the pass. And again, for the crank callers, crank call us. We could handle it. Come on. Oh yeah. On oh, screen. Yeah. Just re- I love we- it. Warning now, Jack. you'll get it for tax. Just warning you now. But Jack if you're gonna call, Captain. if you're gonna crank, here's the thing: if you're gonna call in, or you're, if you're gonna crank call the show, or are you gonna call? Period. One rule, Alan. You know the rule. Tell me. No. I say it every. Yeah, no foul ever. language. No, no, no. That's foul. no, no, no. That's the overall network number one rule. But on yes. this show, we have one rule for our, for the callers. Besides the no cursing, that goes without saying. Be absolutely fascinating. Even if you're going to crank True callers, yes. make be it fascinating. And be clear in your speech. Yes. And don't, don't have the radio in the background. because you're drunk off your butt or you're 
you're high on something, be absolutely crystal clear when you speak. So that Correct. way we can retort and actually make fun of you. And leave Richard alone. He's trying to do his show. He's trying to get this technology thing together. Look, I started doing this thing about eight, nine years ago, and it was not easy for me to get started doing it. In fact, uh, Alan here was a guest on my show a long time ago when he was oh, promoting God, yeah. his UFO Info Weekend, and man, did that suck, that show. Huh? It was terrible, wasn't oh, it? Oh, thanks. Really? Yeah, really? No, no, no. Not you. <laughs> not you. You were, you were okay. I mean, it was mediocre at best, but, you know, my uh, my hosting skills were not exactly the the best No, you no, know, no, then. no. I had to poke and prod you. I had to poke and prod you to ask me questions. Oh, it was not that bad. It was just not really great questions, but it wasn't that bad. All right. Well, it was like, who's going to be at the event? And then I just (laughs) muted myself and I let him say all the names. Well, we're going to have so and so and maybe this person and that person. Then 10 minutes later, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. So how did you come up with the event? Then another five minutes of him talking, I'd come up and be like, oh, that's great. So, who influenced you into creating this event? Really bad questions. I get it. It was just bad radio. But, look, we all evolve. We all get better. Richard is going to get better at the technology part. As far as him hosting, the guy is a great, great radio personality. I mean, he has it. He did a six-hour show. uh, You know what I'm saying? I listened to the entire thing. He did a terrific job. And I'll tell you what. Having him on the air, I've only been nervous on radio maybe three times. Having him on the air, I was really nervous because it's Richard C. Hoagland, man. This is one of the best in ufology. And really to, you know, go toe-to-toe and be step-on-step with, you know, Richard Hoagland on the air, it's not easy. And it was not easy for either me or Alan over here. But Richard is, you know, he's that good. And he really was that good when he was on here. And he's that good on his show. So, guys, keep listening. It's uh, only going to get better from here, believe it or not. We're going to go to a quick commercial break now. When we come back, we're going to have our guest of the evening, the one and I am the only, so excited about that. The man who created the Montauk Chronicles, a filmmaker and a very, very interesting person himself. Christopher P. Gartano is going to be with us. Interesting background, interesting uh, choice of film, interesting career choice considering what he did before this. And, of course, when you start doing things in ufology, you kind of get that little stigma going. You know what I mean? That, oh, he's a UFO guy. And people start looking at you a little differently. So as a filmmaker, we're going to ask him how you know it feels to maybe have people who might have been a little bit more open to some of his projects, not looking at him like, well, it's alien stuff and conspiracy stuff. Because that kind of changes you as a filmmaker a little bit, I think. So stick yeah. around, guys. We're going to come back with our guest, Christopher P. Gartano, again talking about the Montauk Chronicles. Look it up on Amazon. Order it. It's a great film. We'll be right back. This is Skywatchers Radio with Alan and Angel. There is filler. Thank you, random British guy. I am Wes Forsyth, the host of Paranormal Filler, my weekly radio show where I explore many areas of the paranormal while trying to keep a balance between believer and skeptic. No topic is off limits, no viewpoint is silenced. Paranormal Filler on the Dark Matter Radio Network, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. I'm Ryan Gable, host of the Secret Teachings Radio Show. I always attempt to bring you the best information that I possibly can on all sides of each and every story, from current events to ancient history to philosophy, symbolism, the paranormal, comparative religions, the occult, alternative science, and much more. There is not a single topic that we do not cover in relation to the unexplained and the misunderstood. I am not here to tell you what I say is truth, but to allow you to decide for yourself based on the evidence presented and the dots connected. There is no such thing as negative or positive. These are dimensional characteristics that we view through our perceptions. To catch my show, The Secret Teachings, we air every Saturday on the Dark Matter Radio Network at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can also listen on thesecretteachings.info for a free show archive of all of our past episodes. Try as you might, but no amount of disinformation, propaganda, rhetoric, or trolling on the internet will change the truth. The truth is the truth, regardless if the mass is accepted as is or if it is accepted by only one out of billions. For more information, you can again visit thesecretteachings.info. I'm Ryan Gable. Namaste. Everybody, we're back on Skywatchers Radio, and like promised, with our guest of the evening, the filmmaker of a really disturbing documentary, intriguing documentary, scary documentary. If all this stuff is true, uh, Christopher P. Gortano is on the show with us uh, live. Welcome to Skywatchers Radio, and thank you so much for you know, making this movie because this is a, a really interesting subject that has not been covered like this before. Thank you for being on the air with us, and thank you for covering this movie and making this documentary. Um, yeah, it has been so covered much before. Not like this, believe me, not like this. Well, give us a little synopsis. Give us our, a little sizzler elevator pitch of what it's about, so people okay. can start calling. You know, people get a grasp of how it how it came to be as well too. Sure. Well, well, the movie essentially is about three men who claim between 1971 and 1983 there were covert experiments, secret experiments being conducted deep beneath the Camp Hero Air Force Base in Montauk, New York. And one misconception is 
I've had so many people write to me and say, well, how come you didn't talk to this guy that worked topside or this guy that worked top? Because the, the secret experiments, the Montauk experiments, allegedly happened deep beneath the ground, and they weren't supposed to be revealed to the other people above. It was a completely separate situation, according to my own research and talking to the horse's mouth throughout this entire time. And, you know, everything that has been said, uh, you know, regarding the paranormal that has occurred there, I, I, it's not like I avoided it throughout the film. And, and they claim that there was everything from time travel experiments to mind control experiments to, you know, interdimensional beings showing up and then uh, destroying parts of the base. And all of those stories have been out there for years. But the one story that I really focused on for this picture and all the stuff is in there is the story of the kidnapped runaway boys that were being used for uh, an 11-year mind control experiment. That That is similar to other things that have happened before, so that's where my interest really was. And I started, I made two movies. I started shooting the first one in 2006, the summer, or actually the late spring of 2006. And then I um, completed that one about four years later, uh, and right. kept reworking it up until about 2012, where I, I started showing it. I, I wasn't happy with it, and I felt like I really didn't achieve what I set out to achieve with it. So I started all over again in 2013. And the movie that's out there right now, I finished in late 2014. So I got it done very quickly, but it's the one I was very happy with, and, and that's what's out there in the world at the moment, and it's called Montauk Chronicles. Now, now I believe it's more than feasible. I'm sorry for interrupting you there, man. No, go, go, I mean, go ahead, Alan. I believe it's more than feasible that these things happen for a couple of different reasons. As we know, Manhattan and a large portion of New York have a deep bedrock foundation that goes rather deep into um, the crust of the earth. So for them to dig out caverns and to dig out uh, facilities that are deep, deep below the Montauk uh, facilities um, – I think that's very, very doable with some of the tunnel boring machines that they had oh, yeah. and the technologies mm -hmm. even back then. So, yeah, I, sure. I, I think that the facility, I think the facilities exist. I'm just concerned. Well, not concerned. That's not the right word. But I'm, I, I have my reservations about all the things that were said to have occurred there. Right. right let's talk about to. some of the stuff. Let's You're talk about some of the stuff that uh, supposedly occurred at uh, the, the base that is covered on this movie. You got it. Well, you know, I, 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 I have a similar story from all three men. So their stories were aligned, and they did tell the same story. Now, everything that was said to have occurred includes uh, reverse engineering of alien technology, which also uh, they claimed that there were extraterrestrials, intelligent extraterrestrials down there, uh, feeding the efforts of the whole program for years and all kinds from Here, all can I, different. Can I throw a question out? Sure. Can I throw a question out? Uh, were these aliens supposed to be related or similar to the ones in the Dulce, New Mexico base, or is it a totally different species? Um, or well, he said there were all kinds. He said there were all kinds. There were all kinds. There were reptilian aliens, insectilian aliens, gray aliens of all types. Now, again, you know, when someone's telling you this. I grew up hearing about all of this in science fiction. I mean, so I started hearing this 
story heavily. I mean, I read the books in the 90s and I really just kind of disregarded them until I had the opportunity to speak to Alfred Bielek, to speak to Stuart Swerdlow firsthand and Preston Nichols. That's what interested in me because I said, if these guys are telling this story, my first thing was this. If you were going to go out there and try and convince people that something happened, okay, uh, wouldn't you try and design, let's say you were lying, okay, wouldn't you try and design a lie that was believable? And this particular story was so unbelievable, was so close to all the kind of Z-grade science fiction that I ever heard in my life that I, I couldn't wrap my head around exactly why this story. So there was something to it right there. And then when I went in further and I started actually talking to these guys, and then you can look at the guy telling right. you the story, okay? You could see, you could hear his voice inflection. You can kind of measure his eyes while he's looking at you. Before that, it was all just conjecture and it was all regarding the books and the, the there weren't many interviews before 06 and there wasn't too much attention before 06 either. It was still on the fringe element area. It was, it, it was a little obscure. Now it's becoming very popular, but at that time, it was, you know, everything that I had heard in these stories, and again, it's, it's such an amalgam of like every science fiction story you ever heard that I needed to, I needed to first hear this story from them. And that's how I began. I, I cleared out the whole um, structure because it was, I had a friend who suggested I make the movie and he wanted me to read the book. I reread the book. And I said, you know, I'm not going to go by this. I'm not going to adapt this book. I need to go out there and do my own research. And that's how I started. I just started fresh. And I wanted to hear what they claim they went through from their mouths. Right. That, that's well, where it all began. Well, let me ask you, what other movies have you mm -hmm. done before since you directed and put this together as well? Sure. Well, before this movie, I made a, a documentary called Horror Business. And it was about uh, four independent horror filmmakers kind of struggling and you know, that's where my head was at at the time. It was a, like a carefree, totally independent project. And then later it was picked up by Image Entertainment and it toured festivals and everything. And my, you know, my, my love was always for science fiction and horror films. Um, and that's what I'll continue. My interest will, will be there. But I've always been interested in the paranormal. So I felt as a filmmaker and as an artist, this might be a really interesting thing to make. And the most interesting Thing about it outside of the aesthetics was that I'd get to sit down with the guys that were telling the tales, you know, like I would have loved to have talked to uh, George and Kathy Lutz before they passed away regarding the mm. Amityville horror yeah. or somebody like that. Right. So in this case, right, right. I got to actually sit in their home and I wasn't. Well, isn't, isn't Warren's wife still alive? Uh, oh, Lorraine Warren. Yeah, she's still around, I think. Yeah, she is. She is. But, you know, they, there's – I felt also the market was saturated with someone like that. So in the case of Alfred Bielek, Preston Nichols, and, and Stuart Swerdlow, the market was not saturated at the time. They had yet to be – well, they were on television here and there, but it wasn't really a big popular subject matter before 06, if you remember. You know, it's now it's true, 2015, true. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's been a while. Um, but – yeah, now it seems to be the kind of go-to story that and the, uh, the Skinwalker Ranch. You know, what, what's your take on the Skinwalker Ranch, by the way? What are, you th what are your thoughts on? I am studying it right now because it's a possible project down the road. But see, if I was going to tackle something like that, and that is kind of saturated, and a lot of people have gone over that. Um, again, it's another situation where 
you know, you have you have Bigelow who owns this ranch. Uh, you, obviously, you know, his interests have been deeply in the paranormal and aerospace uh, technology. And he's out there. He owns this place. It's heavily guarded. And you have a scientific team that was put together, the um, National Institute for uh, Science, Science Discovery. And, um, you know, I, I want to I get deep into the research. I want to see what they pulled out of there. I, I've heard all the stories and I've been reading the books. but Show me the data. Right. Let, let's see the data. I want to be able to see it in front of me. And I'd love to illustrate some of those stories. They're great, spooky stories. And that's where my taste is. But at the same time, if we can get some kind of data on this, if we can show people along with the you know cinematic sequences, that's what I would love to do. And that's what we couldn't do with Montauk because they're really at this time. Well, I'm about to tell you something new, but before now, there was no evidence. Right now, I, I feel like I have a very small piece of the puzzle that might lead and it's not a sensational piece it's just a, a document and it's just a person that worked for a company that may have supplied chemicals to Camp Hero when apparently the the programs the that we knew of shut down so I'm hoping to, oh. to further explore that evidence and maybe prove something was happening there interesting Sounds interesting. Mm. Um, now, here's a question. Uh, uh, here's one I'll throw out. Sure. Besides the Montauk experiment and the Skinwalker Ranch, you know what needs a real revamping? Is Travis Walton's story. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I met Travis hmm. briefly in 2012. I would love to do that, but, you know, I think it was just. Oh, I would. Wasn't it just I would still get in involved a, in that. Yeah, I mean, I think. But didn't they just make a new documentary? I didn't get a chance to see it, but I think it's called Travis. Yeah, there's a new documentary, but uh, I think uh, Alan here means more of a regular feature film. Um, yeah, something that, that can get yeah. to mainstream a little bit more. Maybe something, a little bit no. of that, You know, how about no, Alan? Here's, here's, here's the thing. I just, I just want to see them adapt the book the way Travis wrote it. Oh, yeah. No, no I, I love I that want, book. That's it. Yeah. That's no, a no, great book. I, I do one better. I want to do one. I would do one where it's from the perspective of the Mulder and Scully the people that actually interviewed him after right. the incident. That's interesting. That would be a very – that would be – I want their perspective on what they thought of Travis and the, you know, the, inter, you know, the people that actually had to deal with him after he returned. I didn't hate Fire in the Sky. I thought it was all right. But the, the thing is if I were to go back to that book, the thing that I noticed about that book in the first couple of chapters right away – uh, if you're familiar with the guy, uh, James Dickey, who wrote Deliverance and To the mm -hmm. White Sea. He, Travis is a very intelligent guy and a really good writer. And I really yes. like I, – if I were to ever adapt that, it would have to be you know, – because I love the films of the 1970s. They were so honest, uh, so intelligent. A lot of them. You know, some of the exploitation films weren't. But you know, a, lot, a lot of the – you know, like Taxi Driver and Deliverance oh, and stuff like that. I'd love to bring that tonality. Or <laughs> no, no. What about what about what about those B movie like? Those are great. Nuclear radiation made the bugs grow this big. The yeah, giant but they, woman. But they had Rocks. so much heart. They had so much. There was so much heart to them. And today, it just seems like they're you know these things are being kind of slapped out. I I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Sharknado. But you know, no offense. Oh come on. How about, <laughs> how about the uh, the spider lava one? What's it called? Okay. Uh, the one with uh, the cast of Police Academy that just came out. That was I, great. I didn't have a chance to see that. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> but I did enjoy Eight-Legged Freaks. 
I could not stop good. laughing at that. Movie. I think it's called like Arachna Lava or something. It's weird. It's, a, it's another sci-fi movie. In fact, they meet up. Um, Steve Gutenberg is in the movie from Police Academy. He plays the main character, and he at one point meets up with uh, the guy from Sharknado, the main uh, Ian Searing, I guess is his real name, Finn. <laughs> really, really. They, yeah, they, they cross paths, and they're like, he, he, one of them, Steve Gutenberg is like, yeah, I'm going after the spiders, and he's like, I'm going after the sharks, and then they keep going. It's really funny the, the way they did it. <laughs> What's it called? I gotta Google uh, this one. I'll get I'll get the name for it later. It's uh something spider lava or something like that. It's uh exactly okay. what you would expect. It's like a Sharknado movie but with spiders taking over the, the world. It's <laughs> hysterical. Somewhere John Peters is very happy. <laughs> uh, that's a joke that only a few people are gonna understand. John Schnepp is one of them, Kevin Smith is another one. Uh Alan here I know gets that. I don't know if Christopher oh, yeah. gets that one, but but those who do are laughing their butts off right now. Uh now <laughs> If you, know, you want as to I give the reference, by all means, go ahead and give the reference on it. Okay, real quick. John Peters is the producer of Superman, uh, the movie from, um, well, right. you know, Superman uh, Returns. He was a producer on that. He was also producer of Superman Lives, the uh, now famous defunct uh, project that never happened with Yeah, the one uh, with Tim Nicholas. He was, he was a hairdresser, <laughs> right? Right. He was uh, Barbara Streisand's hairdresser, so obviously gotcha. that makes him. That makes him qualified to be a, a filmmaker. So of he became course. a producer right after the end. You know, Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. And he produced uh, the Batman movies from the uh, 80s, uh, 90s uh, with Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher. He was pr- the, produ- the producer on that. He was going to produce Superman Lives. And there was a very famous meeting with that he had with Kevin Smith, who wrote the original <laughs> script. And he tells and him that he wants to. The original script is an excellent script. It was yeah, a he good, tells him, solid script. He tells him that he wants Superman fighting giant spiders. Because I, he thinks spiders are deadly somehow. I don't, and Superman, I guess, can fight spiders. I don't know. The movie never happened, but he was also the producer of the movie Wild Wild West, and he got his well, giant spider. Yes, he got that's his giant one, spider. That's the one with Will Smith and the giant spider he fights. Yeah, that's a, a terrible reference, a terrible movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, something I asked you, uh, Chris, uh, before we we got on air. And something I actually mentioned before we even went on break. Uh, when you make a movie like this, does this change for you as a filmmaker the way that uh, possible investors look at you now for future projects? Because this is one of those things when you deal with this kind of uh, genre, this kind of topic, uh, it kind of like puts you in this circle of ufology now. Uh, are you getting any feedback or any blowback from having done this kind of movie from potential investors? Uh, well, yeah, it's all positive, actually, because there's, oh, really? there's a lot of interest in it. Oh, yeah, I just got hired to host a, a show on uh, a major network. Uh, we just shot the first episode out in Washington, D.C., so I... You Are know, you allowed because... to tease us with the, what it is, or not yet? Yeah, I can kind of, I, well, I, can kind, I can't tell you the title, and I probably can't tell you the network, but it's one of the bigger ones that play programs of this nature, and... Uh, is it the Hitler just... Channel? I mean, History Channel? Could be, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, folks. I call it the Hitler Channel for one particular reason. No Is matter what day of no. the week, between two o'clock and four o'clock, there's always a Hitler TV show of. Some and there, type. And, and I think there's an episode in our series where we try and see if uh, Hitler did survive the, uh, uh, you know, he faked his suicide and moved on to South America. So yeah, I, I believe that, that. theory. I believe that either South America or the North Pole, somewhere he, he moved. No, South Pole, South Pole, which is why Admiral Perry went down there, and there was a whole big battle, and you know they had their version of the flying saucers, like the Nazi bell, and yeah. you really right. want me to go into it? I'll go into it. No, not really. Now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Okay. But in regard to the your question, I do, I don't think 
that it discourages investors. Listen, like you you know the deal. It's like movies. They're they're part art and the other part is business. And right. if, if it's getting attention and it's doing well, especially for a guy like me who's a total outlaw, I mean, I literally made this with my own money and shot parts of it in private places and did not have a large crew at all. You know, I'm just saying that when you do that, I think they can trust you a little bit more, uh, especially if you pull the whole thing off yourself. Mm. And um, I mean, that's just part of the business of it. In terms of the art, I, I guess, they don't give a, sh a damn. They just pay attention to how other people are responding. And there's good people like yourself that are asking me about my picture. And then, you know, people are ordering it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I like to find private uh, money just so there's less control on their part. Mm. Because I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that the control should really be given to the, the director and the producer. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, it's funny with the way technology is moving at a rapid speed that it is now and things are upgrading it the way they are, uh, it's becoming easier for filmmakers to make movies uh, and be independent and put them out on the market and just do it th themselves. It's not as hard as it was 20 years ago or even 15 years ago, for example. Uh, technology is getting that much better. Uh, so, you know, filmmakers like yourself can make these kind of projects without having you know, the studios, uh, you know, breathing down your necks uh, every five minutes. Uh, that That's, uh, you know, what I really, what gets me is that you're getting positive feedback. That's great. I mean, that really shows you how things have changed within this genre. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, if you make a movie like this, people are going to back away from working with you in future projects because of the stigma of, oh, it's aliens, it's UFO, it's conspiracy. That's oh, yeah, changed 100%. now. No, I mean, changed. Netflix just announced, I don't know if you know this, but uh, mm -hmm. and I, I guarantee you it has to do with all the things I've been putting out there. I mean, I helped the situation at least. Uh, yes. Netflix just announced their uh, their show Montauk. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't have happened if there was an interest. And there's, no, there's a, an extreme interest in this right now. And again, they see dollar signs. In my case, mm -hmm. I spent... 10 years of my life spending all my money. I was literally homeless while I was finishing it. And I'm just saying that it wasn't, if it was just about money, I, I'm a very uh, able-bodied and diligent guy. I could have gone out and made a lot of money in the first couple of years instead of making this movie. But it was a passion of mine and it was something I really needed to do. And I had a finished film in 2011, in the end of 2011, and I threw it out and started all over again. So. Wow. You know, when it comes down to my, we all have to make money, and this is what I do for a living right now. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I think everybody has a different approach. Uh oh, we're losing you. Okay, I was wondering for a second there. Yeah, no, it's not me, and it's not you. It's uh, not me. Christopher, you, you there? Get something out of it. So, oh, oh, there, yeah, 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 Chris, right. Christopher, yeah. we lost you there for a second there. Oh no! Yeah, you, you dropped you dropped out for about ten seconds there. Repeat what oh. you just said. Well, what I'm Rewind. saying is, I regardless of the interest, whether it be coming from a big Hollywood studio or a guy like me, all that matters in the end is the movie. You know mm. how it right. came out, how it affected you. It really doesn't matter what the intention was behind it or how it came together. Now you're saying, yeah, you came up forward with uh, what could be potential evidence. Uh, are you going to continue researching into this and trying to find more and more evidence? Can we expect maybe a, a follow-up documentary to this? Yeah, I've already started shooting some footage for it. It's something I that knew it. I, I definitely <laughs> needed to step away from the subject matter, so I'm doing something else first. Okay. But but in the meantime, because I can do it, I'm going to just keep shooting some footage for it. Now, I have some information 
that much like, okay, you know, remember how Al Capone was put in prison? He was put in prison for income tax evasion. At the time, they didn't It's the only really... thing they could get him on. Right. right, right. Well, there's something very similar that I have. It's a little piece of information that I think can lead to much bigger information. It's not a picture of an alien, and it's not uh, the Montauk chair working or anything like that. It's a, it's a document. And it's I a document want the name of the construction company that put it together. That the document? It's something like that. It's it, well. It's 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 a, a large chemical company in the '70s that was delivering an experimental alloy to Camp Hero, and they did it in. They delivered up to 1983, and there was a lot of other information I'm getting from the person I spoke to that gave me this info, who worked for the company. Uh, that seems to check out. That seems to be sincere and honest. It's, and it's not attached to any sensationalism. No offense to the subjects of my film, but none of what this person is telling me has the alien thing attached. It's more about how it was being hidden, and this person was a witness to it. And it seems very legit to me. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna look into it further. It's All interesting. Right. You definitely need to keep us posted on it so we have you out on a later show. I will for yeah, sure. Now, I mean, have we uh, come to the conclusion that this definitely was alien in nature, or there's aliens involved? I mean, are, are you convinced of that yourself? I don't know. I, I've witnessed things just in the character of the men I've interviewed. Mm -hmm. Now, I spent a lot of time out in Camp Hero. I was in the tower. I was all over the place. But the thing is, here, like Preston Nichols usually comes off as pretty crazy in his interviews. All right, there was mm -hmm. one moment... And I interviewed him in 06, and then I interviewed him again in 2013. When I interviewed him in 2013, and that's what you see in this movie, uh, there was a moment where I shut the camera off, and I think it was like the last hour of me being in his home for that visit. And he just kind of became lucid all of a sudden and just looked at me and said, you know, Christopher, there's just things I won't say on camera. I'm, you know, I'm aware that uh, there's some things I can't say because I'm being watched. Now... The way he said hmm. it to me it just seems so sincere and so different hmm. from his character that he usually puts on on the camera that I mm -hmm. think he's much smarter than people allow uh, or people uh, give him credit for. And I, I don't know. There's little things like that that lead me to believe that something happened over there, that they were involved in, that the, the three men were involved in something. Is it possible that they were given heavy amounts of hallucinogens and that – what? my question is to you guys – what would be what's the best what's better a better cover up than um, having these men there and then giving them hallucinogens and then putting on I'm not doubting the the, the, the existence of extraterrestrials I'm just saying right. is it possible that there was a, a mind control experiment and what better way to cover it up than to make the guys look crazy so you right. implant you implant the idea of this wacky science fiction story so if they ever go and tell it no one's going to believe them except the people who enjoy this stuff for entertainment so, right that i don't sense. know you know i it's hard to say it's hard to say you know in it's in a sense uh, it, it makes more sense that it would be some kind of a drug uh, hallucinogen experiment because I have read reports where, you know, in laboratory experiments, you know, in conducted experiments, you can uh, create the abduction experience through certain uh, things done to the brain and open uh, brain surgery that's been done in laboratories where people have, uh, you know, had this sort of a hallucination like they're being looked at by aliens or they're 
beings in the room. You know, this stuff it has been done scientifically that we know of. So that to me is very plausible as what could have happened here. I think so, and I'm not yeah. saying that's what happened because I can't. Neither am I. We don't we don't know either. Yeah, but it's plausible. I have no clue. It's just because, you know, you've heard the stories that uh, Preston has told about the reptilians and then that Stuart has told about the in, the giant praying mantis people and all this stuff. It just seems like to me, what you know, OK, if it, if it does exist, great. You know, I believe that they believe they saw the stuff. But what better way to cover up a mind control experiment where people were killed, illegally kidnapped, you know, all this other, you know, brought down there than to implant this crazy story in their minds. So I, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's what I was leaning toward a lot of the time. And that's why I have all those psychedelic sequences in the film, because it's like, I feel like there was just, everybody was given heavy amounts of drugs. In that situation. <laughs> and they forgot to share with us. We're so upset now. <laughs> I don't know if you, you want, want those. Yeah. You don't want those kind of drugs, Alan. No. If I could, you know, figure out a way to sue the government for giving them to me, and like people have done for Agent Orange and other stuff from Gulf Wars, um, you don't want that. You don't want to sue for because you have that on you. Believe me, you don't want that. Kind no, of yeah, stuff. you're right. You got a point there. Sorry. Yeah. But right. then you want, again, you, want, you, want, you want the medicine, the, the medicine type of stuff. Anyway, go ahead. Medicinal. I was just, I was just going to say. Then again, it is possible, and this is another thing I've always considered that it happened exactly how they told it. I mean, and we just don't know what the hell we're talking about. You know. We're, <laughs> We haven't seen enough yet. <laughs> so That's true. And it's unfortunate that there really isn't uh, a smoking gun type of evidence out there uh, that could kind of connect these dots uh, for us. But, you know, something that you said uh, that really resonated with me after watching parts of the documentary, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, that I have a pretty good BS uh, radar, and it really feels like these guys are really telling uh, an accurate story of what happened to them. Like, at no point does it really feel hokey or... Or like they're just making it up, you know, which I get from a lot of folks who've come forward with different stories within the last uh, 10, 15 years, uh, you know, with different uh, agendas. And you kind of tell right off the bat who's lying, who is, you know, making it up. There's a, there's an authentic feel to the story with these guys. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when I try and interview people, I've seen interviews with these guys before. And as you know, TV, when you're being interviewed for television, they literally sometimes tell you what to say. In the case of me, I come down alone usually no more than one other person with me to help. And mm. I try not to intimidate anybody. And I'm always w warm and welcoming. And I, I, I always try to make my subject feel comfortable and let them know, hey, it's okay to talk to me. It's okay to tell your story. I'm just going to let you speak. And so they come off very natural. In the case when you try and bring in 15 people into, not you, but, you know, some, some crew right, right, right. in, tries to bring in 15 people into the room that don't need to be there, everybody's telling the subject, what to say, how to stand, how to sit, how to hold, hold their posture. You can't do that because it makes them very right. uncomfortable. I've seen Preston on, uh, what was it, Conspiracy Theory uh, with Jeff, Jesse Ventura, and Preston looked terrified because probably he had all these people in his house mm -hmm. that acted like they owned his house when they walked in, and that's not how you conduct an interview. If you want to really do it right, you have to right. make them feel comfortable, and then you have to get them to trust you and say it's time for someone to ask you the hard questions. Let's do it. You know, and Not only that, Jesse Ventura will scare the hell out of anybody. He's a scary guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, well, he's an ex-Navy SEAL and all that jazz. Yeah, he's so. a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Now, how many people do you think actually died in this experiment, uh, according to the folks you interviewed? According, the highest number that I heard was over, and I guess this included all the bases around the United States, but well over 100,000 
uh, homeless and kidnapped and runaway kids, which is possible, I guess, if you do the math and calculate it over a 13-year period, Mm -hmm. um, it's possible. We, we, We hear these things, and at first... Listen, we're like, okay, this is impossible. That's our first nature. Yeah, it's that like, number sounds really extreme. It, it sounds extreme, but you're talking about a. It's not conducted only here in the U.S., right, Christopher? I mean, this is a worldwide uh, abduction scenario we're talking about here. I believe that's what Al was referring to, and he also said yeah. that there were programs like this all over in every major city exactly. in the United States. Now, in the in the 70s, a lot of missing people, especially yeah. then, which, you know, we didn't have the internet back then, obviously. We didn't have all these things right. to account for people. A lot of people just disappeared, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Is it possible? I well, first of all, we know there were programs like this, and that's why I keep looking into it because it's like MK Ultra did happen. You know, the Tuskegee mm-hmm. medical experiments did happen. So Correct. our governments yep. have done these things, and so I wouldn't put it past them. And that's why I'm looking. I keep looking into it further, and I keep an open mind to these things. And I'm not dismissing the extraterrestrial contact or the um, reverse engineering of alien technology. I'm not dismissing that at all because we have evidence that leans towards those things existing. It's Mm -hmm. just a mind-blowing situation when you finally sit down and do some research on all of the subject matter and start to realize, wait a second, there are some tangible things or at least credible witnesses that help you, uh, that would allow you or lead you down the path to believe this stuff. And that's what happened to me. I started believing it. You know, and then you got to really just get back down on the ground and and regulate yourself because you'll go crazy with this stuff. Now, I, I'm pretty sure this is not the only kind of uh, experiment of its nature. Do you have you heard of any other mind control programs going on now similar to the Montauk Project? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, since I've uh, been putting out the trailers for this film, I've been contacted by a lot of people who are much younger than the project, the Montauk project would warrant. They say they were part of a a different program or they were part of the later Montauk project programs. Now, I don't know if it's just people trying to jump on a bandwagon. I know in some cases it certainly is. But in other cases, like in the case of James Bruce, uh, the guy who's towards the end with the ski mask, you know, I've spent some time with him personally and I I truly believe that he believes something happened. And why would he persist? He hasn't made a dime on this. You know, like a, he, he's not making a dime telling a story. He doesn't want anyone to know his true identity. So it's like I, I just, you know, and again, he came to me late in the game. And I just listened to what he had to say. And from my perspective, he struck me as a guy who, not that he couldn't make this stuff up, but this it's as if. A guy who would have never been able to make this stuff up in a way is recollecting something that he saw not in full detail, if that makes any sense. And that's why I continued to talk to him. Um, and then there are other people that keep popping up. So I don't – are there programs like this in place? I think there's a mass – I mean I haven't watched TV in almost two years. Try shutting off the television for a year and then turn it back on. You'll be convinced that that <laughs> is the mind control. Uh, seriously, that yes, is a no, mind yeah, control. Right. I'm not gonna argue that. I yep. mean, I'm I'm blown away. I watched I watched TV just a little bit after two years, and I was like, wow, wow. There's just some, even if it's just advertising or the news, but there are deliberate things being put into our minds for sure. So. Oh no kidding. I mean, everything uh, from the evening news to uh, commercials, everything's programming, conditioning. Uh, anything that's on TV is conditioning. That's why I don't believe anything on TV. 
at all. Sure, sure. I, I mean, mean, you you saw John Carpenter's They Live, right? Of course. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 there's ever a movie that needs to be remade, it's that one, especially right now. I don't oh, know. I, I like it the way it is. I think it's perfect. I, I think it's a great film. I don't know if they can do it any better. I mean, it's campy, I, but it's great, you know? Yeah, but it's a great movie. I came here to chew bubblegum and, and Kick I'm ass. all out of bubblegum. Yeah, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> Love Roddy Piper. I, oh, man. He, he was classic in that. He really was. I oh. say we do it this time with The Rock. There you go. Hey, it might work out. Or John Cena, one of the other, one of the two popular uh, wrestlers going on right now. Uh, let me ask you another question here about the the Montauk uh, project. Uh, do you know anything of what hap- was ever happened to the chair, the Montauk chair? Uh, yeah, Preston Nichols uh, claimed that he has parts of it in his lab, which I've been oh, at really? twice. Yeah. Next time, I, I think Preston is sick right now. I hope he pulls through. I don't. I don't think he's doing perfect at the moment but I, I feel like if if he gets through it and he's okay i'd like to go back there and ask him since you have this technology can you please demonstrate it for me since you know how to use it and let's try and challenge him to show us something i want to see something and now it's time to see something you you know you've been telling the story for 30 years why don't you show me something now you know and that's what i want i i don't i don't understand why we can't see if he has the ability to create these things and he and he really does have a ton of uh, equipment over at that house. I'd love to see something work. I was when I went there, and I have the footage of this, but I didn't put it in the movie because again, there's only so much you can show in in a two-hour period. Um, he right, had something yep. called the healing machine. You may may have seen it on YouTube and some other videos. Mm-hmm. And so you lay in this machine, and Preston puts on the Doors, or he puts on Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> and he puts on Pink Floyd. And all these lights start coming on above you, and he says it changes your DNA for good. So I was like, all right, sign me up. I got in, laid in the (laughs) healing machine, and, um, you know, I went in there. I didn't feel any different after, and I I didn't feel any different during. I was just laying on a bed with lights flashing above me, and uh, at the time, I think it was the Moody Blues was playing. So (laughs) it's, you know... I want to see something work. Maybe it's working long term. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. See, you know. it's in your DNA, though, Christopher. That's why you don't feel it. Well, it's working uh, uh, are you starting to glow in the dark yet? <laughs> Come on. Well, I mean, I just turned thirty-nine, and I look like I'm in my twenties. So maybe that's it. But who knows? There you go. There you go. You know, Travis, after his incident uh, when he came back, uh, he he said that for a very long time he was not ever sick. He never really uh, felt any illness, and he's in perfect health now. Uh, I wonder if maybe uh, you know. They mess with your DNA there, uh, and they fixed, uh, you know, whatever issues you might have had. Maybe it does kind of uh, upgrade your DNA a little bit. You just don't know. You don't feel it yet. It's working I would slowly. say get over to Preston's house and hop in the <laughs> healing machine just in case I need, something I happens. need some healing. Preston, I need some healing. I'm going to call him up. <laughs> now, how creepy was it the first time you actually walked onto uh, Camp Hero? You know, there is an ominous feeling out there. Uh, you know, I, I hung out – well, because remember, I don't know if you know this, but Montauk itself is a vacation town in the summertime. It and is. so it's it's yep. it's swarming with people on the beach. It's a great mm-hmm. place. I went there every summer as a kid. I spent all my summers there as a kid. And then, you know, I never knew the base was really there because you couldn't see it with all the foliage in the summertime. So um, cut to – it's time to make this movie in 06 and I'm there looking at the radar tower for the first time. And then all in the ensuing years, I went a lot of the time by myself in the dead of winter. 
And so I'm out there, you know, the wind is blowing, you have all these stories in your head, it's cold, it's getting dark, the sun's going down. You know, I love horror films and I love paranormal themed movies. So it's maybe me doing it to myself, but it does have a strange vibe to it. It really does. It feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. And yet you're in the middle of somewhere that something really bad happened. Yeah, well, you, you know, <laughs> again, it's you doing it to yourself, I think, because you have these ideas in your head, and there it is a it is a imposing place. Mm. Uh, it has a lot of history to it. It was an Air Force base, we know that, and it, they right. definitely did hide it from uh, the people in town because it was they lied and said it was just a fishing village. So there was some covert nature to it on the books, on the records, on the official records. And then when I I spent a lot of time at the Montauk Library uh, doing research in their archives, and there's just a lot of articles on Camp Hero, but when I spoke to the archivist over there, she first denied everything and said, oh, it's a big joke, it's just an Air Force base. And then I asked her, well, did you ever experience anything strange? And then she kind of (laughs) contradicted what she just said and said, yes. We used to have everyone in town used to have bad headaches and the TVs used to scramble all the time and all this crazy stuff started to happen. I said, well, you just said nothing strange happened. I mean, so it's little The thing is, when you're doing an investigation like this, where you don't have any real artifacts, you have to ask a lot of questions and you have to just pay attention to who's answering. You know, I think really just watch them. And if you can record them, it's even better. So what I say in the film while you're watching it, pay attention to these guys. You know, there's a lot. It's not so blatant, but there's a lot to be said in their Mm -hmm. expression. Watch their expression. Judge for yourself. We all have this kind of inherent lie detector. And I think if if you watch really close while they're telling the stories, there are things that they give things away about maybe what their true nature uh, is behind the story. I'm not saying exactly what it is. I think maybe the people who watch the film should take a look. Now, is there any ties at all to the uh, Project Pegasus uh, with uh, the Montauk Project or the Chronicles? Well, well Pegasus was Pegasus was an offshoot, right, of, of MK right. Ultra. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, Al Bielik was the one who talked mostly about all of that. Now, what he mm-hmm. said was, what was the Phoenix Project? He said that the the Nazi scientists. Um, after they we, we scooped them up after the Nuremberg trials and used them for our own, they migrated right, over right. to Brookhaven Labs. They right. worked over there. Congress wanted to kick them out, so Congress got rid of them. They didn't like the fact that we were working with Nazis, so they got rid of these guys. And Felix said, and Nichols says, that the Nazis moved on over to Camp Hero after Brookhaven. Brookhaven's not too far from Camp Hero, and it kind of, and we really did take those scientists. It's like, we wanted to kill all the Nazis, but we need these brilliant guys, so let's take them. <laughs> I mean, and we did. We did. And and so, and they really did work at Brookhaven Labs. So mm-hmm. some of that story checks out as history. So I don't know. I mean, I, I you got to believe in some of it. You can't yeah, just no, dismiss it, the whole thing. You can't and look NASA was really 
it wasn't founded, but it was built on the backbone of Nazi German scientists. I mean, Werner von Braun and a lot of these folks that came over, and they really built the rocket program, space program. All this stuff was built with technology that they had been working on previously, stuff they brought over. I believe all that. In fact, uh, I've said it on the show here before, um, Christopher, and I don't know how you, you know, how familiar you are with the entire event of Roswell and everything that happened there. But I am a, a stern believer that what crashed at Roswell was something that we had engineered based on Nazi technology mixed with Tesla technology. Uh, Tesla was working on a UFO before he passed. Yeah, but it still doesn't explain the bodies that people say that were. Sure, sure it does. Sure it does. Oh, sure. Uh, we had see, midgets like Peter Dinklage. We have, we have uh, midgets you know. now. We maybe, have midgets maybe now. they hire they hire small guys to be jockeys. You know, I right. mean, maybe they hire no. these small guys to to pilot these craft. I don't know. No, here's the thing. If uh, you're talking about a small craft, right? Maybe you need pilots that are a certain height. You know, and they went on and recruited pilots. They kept the secret. They were a certain height and stature. And after a crash, guess what? You're not going to look normal. You're going to look a little yeah. Uh, but hold crispy. up, hold up, hold up. If Nazi is the, the superior Uber race here, and they're big Nordic kind of guys, or or hold on. something so small. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Here's, come on, here's come a, on, give me the hold answer on, to here, that hold one. On. Come on, why not? Here's the they're thing. They're sending the Jews. Well, you, hold, on, hold, hold on, before, you're breaking up, so let me speak over you real quick. Uh, going back <laughs> to something I said earlier on the show, what if the Greys were created by us to fool the world, right? If uh, we created the Greys, maybe we created the Greys back in the 40s and uh, that's what we saw or that's what they saw. It could be, but I believe because, I mean, you know, it's so probable that we've been visited or even we're at kind of engineered by seated here from another yeah i mean i i don't know there's so much out there and there's so many see let's just forget all the people that you know are apparently crazy why don't we why don't we think about all the credible (laughs) witnesses yeah (laughs) that just eliminates 90 percent of the field go ahead yes it does but at the same time we have 10 percent of very credible people and very good people and like i believe travis walton's one of them jesse marcel is one was one of them you know like all yes. these things so it's like there's no reason for these guys to lie jesse marcel's whole career was destroyed why the hell would he lie you know mm. so and there's so many other credible people that confirm Bob activity Lazar. that you're sure if you believe him you know uh, but the thing is it's like you know, with all of that, you can't dismiss these things. I've seen people just turn their heads and say, no, nope, no way, not possible. It's like, what do you mean not possible? Do you have any oh, idea? It's yeah. So, you know, first we have to accept that it's true, and then we have to try and figure out exactly why it's being hidden from us, because it is. You know, mm. and there, there might be good reasons involved, but I think for the most part it's for control and greed and money, you know, stuff yep. like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I think also. And in fact, I think a lot of this technology is kept from the world because of that very thing. Because if uh, we have this sort of technology, we control the world. And when I say we, I mean the United States. We are the superpower. We have all the power, the money. We'll have it all. I mean, that's really, I think, why a lot of this technology stays hidden. Because if they let a lot of this stuff out, guess what? Other countries are going to get a hold of it. Other countries and and the people, yeah. If we found out ways to get right. free energy or unlock our psychic abilities or any of these things, you mm-hmm. know, the governments are screwed because they're no longer in control. They can no longer uh, collect all the money as they do, and uh, you know, I, I think that's the main reason. 
I think that's the main part of it. Yeah, I think the big oil machine and a lot of uh, a lot of other institutions in this world is keeping it that way because there's a lot of money involved, a lot of greed involved, and until some of uh, those resources are completely depleted, guess what? They're going to keep doing what they're doing because it's status quo. They got to keep making their money, and they want to stay as the number one superpower on this planet. And of course, you know, times change, things change, uh, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. Sometimes, you know what I mean, and. For all the talk that we talk about on this show and that gets talked about in ufology, about disclosure, this, or disclosure, that, it's never going to really happen in our lifetime. It's probably never going to happen the way we think it's going to happen, if at all. Uh, Why? Because when you go that route, that's it. That's opening Pandora's box. Everything is completely different after that, after the the official government disclosure. I agree with you, but I also feel that if we if we just keep our sights on the most credible witnesses and the most credible pieces of at least close to evidence and keep bringing that out in the open, like for instance, let's let's go back to mind control for a second. The whole thing with um, uh, in 1995 where there was pressure on Congress in in Washington to reveal some of these uh, experiments, these medical experiments and the mind control experiments, they partially admitted to it. They didn't admit to the whole thing. But that was because of pressure. If we put pressure, right. like serious pressure, and not make it a joke and keep saying, well, this guy said this, this guy said this, and we go in droves to Congress, they're going to let something out because they don't want that pressure cooker to explode. So they're going to say, well, let's give them something. Just give them something little and they'll calm down. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know what they'll give us? They'll give us, oh, you know what? We found water on Pluto or, or something crazy like that. We found a bacteria on Mars. That's going to be what they're going to give us right off the bat. They're, I don't think they're ever going to go that route that, well, Area 51, yeah, it had aliens. We were back engineering aircrafts. I don't think they're going to go that route. I think that's a little bit eh, pushing it. I just don't see the government doing that. No, they won't. But if we put enough pressure on them, if we keep talking to credible people, and if you keep um, – enlightening or at least awakening people's minds a little bit to the possibilities that'll i feel it'll eventually change things because the more people realize hey wait a second it's not just the crazy guy running around out in the street getting picked up by the cops on crystal meth that's saying he's seeing ufos it's (laughs) this astronaut you know it's this other guy this other real credible guy or this scientist you need to know his history and you need to know why he's saying it and Maybe our our eyes will open up collectively, and there'll be more solidarity amongst the people. And this your show, uh, or any of these other shows out there, I mean, they didn't really exist before, and they do now. And I think it's important. It's all part of a progression. And it's all thanks to the guy that follows this show tonight, Art Bell. Yeah, he's awesome. A lot of it is, you know, as a fan of the genre, and you are, you clearly are a fan of the genre. Oh yeah. Uh, how how exciting is to have Art Bell back on the year? Just deviating from what we're talking about for a second here. <laughs> oh, it's great. Just I a little mean, deviation, I, sidetrack. I, I was listening to Art uh, way back, you know, early early nineties, you know, um, listening to all the Ghost to Ghost episodes on Halloween, and you know, it was it was fantastic. He was the best thing to listen to because I was a night owl. I'd stay up all night, and you know, having him back on the radio is just the best. It's awesome, isn't it? Uh, Christopher, we're almost out of time, but I I do want to give you a chance to uh, plug uh, the website, uh, tell everybody how to get the documentary, how to buy this Blu-ray, besides just going to Amazon. That's the easy way to just go and do it. Go to the website. Give give the audience the website they can go to right now. You can go to MontauqChronicles.com right now, and you can order a Blu-ray or a DVD. If you have a Blu-ray player, I suggest you get the Blu-ray because there's a lot of extras on there. There's hours of extras on the Blu-ray. 
and this, you know, great surround sound and, um, you know, great picture and experience the dock. And, and, you know, it's almost like doing your own investigation because we have a full base exploration on the disc. Um, and, you know, you can either go to our website at MontauKronicles.com or check it out on Amazon if you need to order from Amazon. So it's out there. And uh, I'd love to hear from, you know, the people that watch the film or buy the film. You can always email me at the website and ask any questions you like. Now, was it by design that you made the uh, the intro of this movie so creepy? Again, I have a I have a taste for the dark side, so uh, <laughs> and those aesthetics, and obviously, you know, some of my favorite filmmakers are Ridley Scott, and yeah, you're gonna need to send me a copy <laughs> because I'm working on a film project that I might want to yank you into. Of course, guys. Oh. I'm, sending, I'm sending you both uh, both copy of the Blu-ray. There, there's a project that we're going to talk in private about this, Christopher. That me and uh, Alan have been talking about for well over what a year and a half now, Alan. Year and a half now, uh, and, and uh, I yeah, just met good. this weekend with a production <laughs> company. Um, that's yeah, it, it, it's falling into place really, really nicely. To say the when least. It, when you hear the project, you're going to be like incredibly amazed by what you know we're coming <laughs> up here. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's probably going to end up being a theatrical release. I, I'm not really going to get into it, on, on, you know, on a public, you know, on the on, on our digital media network here. But folks, when I drop the bomb and tell you what I'm doing, you guys going to be oh good god, I'm getting involved. Yes, it's going right. to be Hiroshima all yeah. over again. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear more about it. You know, that's that's the idea. We go out there and we make these things and do our best. And I think it's a whole new. Uh, you know, a whole new world of connecting with people. Again, I had no studio behind what I made. It was made completely on an independent scale. So, Which is a shame. I think uh, a lot of studios missed out on a great opportunity to have a, a great project like this come out of their oh. studio. But it's as an independent filmmaker and amateur filmmaker at that myself, because I'm still very amateur, uh, looking at a project like this and seeing just how well produced and, and put together it is from what I've seen so far, uh, I gotta applaud you, man. You did a fantastic job with this thing, and I can't wait to see the Blu-ray and see all the extra hours and and see everything. And next week, hopefully, after I watch all this, I'm gonna have a, a proper full review on the show right here. So anybody listening in uh, who is listening next week will get my full take on the Montauk Chronicles. Uh, and again, uh, thank you so much for being on with us tonight, uh, Christopher. Yeah. It's just uh, I know it was a little bit short notice, but uh, we man, it, it's just been a lot of fun having you on and. We definitely have to have you back on in the future. Now, your next project, you did tell us, is going to be away from the subject because you kind of have to take a break from it. What's exactly next? Can you tell us? Can you give us a, a hint? Sure. I have a couple of things uh, coming, but there's one uh, – well, if you wanted me to talk about the paranormal projects, I am looking to do a Skinwalker thing maybe. The other okay, thing cool. is called Spirit Chronicles, and it's a really just epic movie uh, hybrid documentary regarding um, you know all of the different views on the afterlife throughout history and throughout the world and that's the best I could say about it right now it's, but it's, it's, it's enormous and the other thing this is a little off topic but it's called South Texas Blues and it's something I, I've been developing and wanting to make for 20 years and it's, it's, a, it's a, um, a satire and a fantasy film based on the real life um, experience of director toby hooper while he made the texas chainsaw massacre in 1970 so it was it we actually uh trevor cook and i uh translated my screenplay into graphic novel form which is also coming out this fall but that was published in fangoria magazine throughout 2012 it was serialized now we're really going to make the movie and uh you'll be hearing about that shortly in the next couple of weeks 
Oh my yeah, god! As soon as you have that ready, please let me know. I want to promote that for you. That's of course. I appreciate. <laughs> it. So cool. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. You check out the uh, the South Texas Blues Facebook. You could see panels and storyboards and all. And there's a there's a little pitch film I made two years back. But no, we're gonna have a new thing coming up in the next couple of weeks. You'll see. Can't wait, Christopher. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much for being with us on Skywatchers Radio, uh, guys. Uh, keep listening. Uh, in after this show, after the next show uh, that's coming out next, if you want to get the podcast, this will be live on the website skywatchersradio.com. Go there, download it, listen to it over and over again. But for now, stick around to the Dark Matter Digital Network because Art Bell is next. That's right, Art Bell is coming up in a few minutes. Christopher, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Guys, we'll uh, we'll be back next week right here on Skywatchers Radio. Again, stick around for Art Bell. Midnight in the Desert. Good night, everybody. Good night.